You're listening to Deep Dives with Sharks, a shark podcast focused on shark species, shark safety both for you and the sharks, and news from the past couple weeks. Sit back, relax, it's time to take a dive. Hello and welcome back my fellow shark here's to another episode of Deep Dives with Sharks and if it's your first time here, welcome in. My name is Alex, I am the host here and the results were in. You guys do want to hear my opinions on Shark Week versus Shark Fest, which at this point is a little bit late, but I'm going to be working on it. I do have the notes written out, I just need to actually type them up and then get it going. Uh, but this is not the episode about Shark Week versus Shark Fest as you read the title when you clicked it or if it just started playing, but that should be coming very soon. There are still some sharks on the list to do. I'm always happy to add more, but I do want to get a little bit of clarification from someone. They did send in UK sharks, and I do have a shark on the list that is in the UK, um, but the only issue is there are a lot of those, so if there's a specific shark from the UK you'd like, uh, just send that in to me, and I'm more than happy to do it, or if you're happy with any of them, I'll keep the one that I currently have. Uh, but also, someone else asked if I could do the cookie cutter shark. We already did that one in episode 13, so if you head back that way, you should be able to find it there. But you can either DM me or you can send it in the way you did on Spotify last time. And of course, if you guys do want to DM me, you can send it over to Deep Dives with Sharks on Instagram or on Twitter at Deep Dive Sharks. The shark that we're going to be doing for this episode is the bamboo shark, and these are also known as the long-tail carpet shark. So some of you might know them as one or the other, but that is the shark that we're covering in this episode. There are 13 species of bamboo shark, and that includes the slender bamboo shark, the white-spotted bamboo shark, the Arabian carpet shark, gray bamboo shark, brown-banded bamboo shark, which is a mouthful and a lot of bees, the Indonesian speckled carpet shark, the poppin epaulette shark, the epaulette shark, just the standard one, the hooded carpet shark, the speckled carpet shark, and the last three of the long-tailed carpet sharks only have scientific names. That is going to be the Bermansis, the Doganovi, and the Haselti, which I don't know if I said those correctly at all. I do not speak Latin. Bamboo sharks typically only grow to be about 3.3 feet or about a meter in length, although they can grow a little bit bigger than that as well. They live in the western Pacific Ocean, Pacific Ocean, not specific, my goodness, around Madagascar, Japan, New Guinea, Australia, the Philippines, India, and the Korean Peninsula. These sharks have barbells or sensory organs that hang off of their face near their mouth, so they're kind of like catfish, how they have those long whiskers, except for the catfish have whiskers, and these guys, they have more like a Fu Manchu mustache that hangs down, which is kind of neat, so imagine Hulk Hogan, but extends further. Now, they also do have suborbital ridges that not all sharks have, and those are going to be right around their eyes, so it looks like a little eye socket type deal, and also it kind of looks like a big eyebrow, so they kind of look surprised. Each of the bamboo sharks have different patterns, so some are tan with no patterning at all, such as the Arabian carpet shark, while the white spotted bamboo shark has white spots with brown bands around it. Now, a lot of this research from this point on will be based on the white-spotted bamboo shark, and then will be generalized for the rest because that's what was most available to me. Now, these sharks tend to have smaller teeth and are utilized for gripping and crushing prey. They tend to hunt at night when their prey might not see them coming, and they can eat softer prey such as cephalopods, but also can pivot their teeth inward to create a flat surface which is better for crushing prey and then protecting the tips of their teeth. Younger sharks need more carbon than the larger older sharks, although they do not have to look very far for that, as they are known as benthic predators, which means they hunt towards the ocean floor near carbon vents, fulfilling that need. White-spotted bamboo sharks 
are an egg-laying species of shark. And their eggs usually tend to be about 5 inches long and will hatch in about 14 or 15 weeks, which is rather quickly. Now to go off on a little side tangent here, uh, the gestation period or how long an animal will be pregnant depends on the size of the animal. So these sharks are rather small and they lay eggs that only need about 14 to 15 weeks, which is about 3 months and some change to hatch while a blue whale, largest of the whales, can be pregnant for up to a year, usually about 10 to 12 months. So dogs take a couple months while they're pregnant, meanwhile an elephant can take up to two years. So kind of neat, but that's just a little side note there. So there have been cases of bamboo sharks in captivity that were not introduced to a male bamboo shark in over six years, but still were able to have successfully laid fertilized eggs into the enclosure, which that took place in the Bell Island Aquarium in Detroit, Michigan. Although I've not had a chance to get there, I would love to see that. Uh, there are theories for how it is possible that the bamboo shark had both male and female organs to make it happen, uh, that the female could just do it on her own via parthenogenesis, uh, which is a really hard word to say for me sometimes. Uh, but that just means that the eggs don't need to be fertilized by a male because the female can do it on her own. Or that females just simply are able to store material uh, in them so that way they can hold it for a while and then fertilize eggs in the future. Now, none of those have been confirmed as to why this shark was able to do that, but the offspring that she did produce were able to produce healthy offspring of their own. Another neat thing about these types of sharks is that albinoism is more common in this shark than many other types of animals and other species of sharks, as it is believed that 1 in 10,000 bamboo sharks are born with albinoism, which is just a drastically lighter color three of which were born in captivity in the Sea Life Aquarium in Orlando, which if you guys saw either the posts on the social media, that's where I took the picture for this week. There's also the Downtown Aquarium in Denver, Colorado. They usually had an annual albino bamboo shark hatching since 2007, which is pretty nuts. Now, when I saw them, they tended to just hang out. They weren't very active. It could be just their resting time as they tend to hunt at night, as many sharks are active during that time especially these guys as well, but it was still cool to watch them just hang out for a little while. Uh, we did get to hang out on a bench and just watch a couple of them hang out by some, some foliage and stuff, and some people think that's rather boring, but I think we sat there for a good like 10, 20 minutes just looking at these little guys do their thing, which was neat. Now, these guys are also frequently kept as pets. They require about 180 gallons of water, so you do need to do your research before getting any pet at all. Now, my girlfriend and I are looking at getting a fish tank just for our apartment to have some cool fish, but we still looked at what they would need uh, just because we didn't want to accidentally get a fish that requires a lot of care and then unintentionally be neglecting it in any way. So definitely be good to look into what you want to get so that way you know what you're getting yourself into. I, for one, don't believe anyone outside of aquariums should own sharks. Uh, there could be some more information that I come across that changes my mind there. Uh, just at this current moment, feel that there's a lot that goes into taking care of and keeping healthy sharks, that aquariums have entire teams dedicated in order to maintain their health. And even if your entire family is in on taking care of a shark, it'll still be a lot of work. I'm not saying it's impossible, and there's definitely people out there that are probably qualified enough to do this on their own, but every aquarium expert that I've talked to has said it's probably not the best idea, and there could be things that come out that change my mind, but at this moment, I just feel like with the safety of the shark and also with everything else going on, it's just not the greatest idea. But these sharks also are currently listed as least concern for their uh, vulnerability to being endangered or extinct. So it does make sense that these ones could be that, uh, also with their smaller size. But once again, 
do your research, know what you're getting into, and don't just randomly go out and buy a shark. But that is what I have for bamboo or long-tail carpet sharks. If you guys have any other questions or anything like that, hit me up on the social medias, and I will be happy to contact you there. But we're going on to shark safety for this episode, and for this one we have how to safely dive with sharks, which this one comes from the Blue Ocean Dive Center, and I may have covered this a little bit in the past or completely, but it always can't hurt to get a nice refresher. So for this one, first things first, it's always safety in numbers. You don't want to go and dive solo, simply because especially if you're not experienced, you don't know what to expect or anything that might come with that. But when you're going in a group, you want to keep some space between people because you don't want to have too large of a clump as sharks can see this as a threat and then they may take that as a reason to bite you, which isn't very great. You also want to make sure that you're not straggling behind too much. You want to go slow, steady pace, but sharks try to try to target individuals. And this is because they're the ones that are usually dying, injured, sick, and they're the ones that are easy to get. So you want to make sure that you have a buddy with you, but also making sure you're not too, too close together. You also do want to watch the clothes that you wear, as sharks can see some colors better than others. So yellow is a color that sharks see very easily. You want to try to avoid wearing bright contrasting colors as well. Sharks tend to look for contrast in the water and sudden movements as contrast can usually be the sunlight hitting off of different fish scales and things like that. And sudden movements usually come from fish that are either scared, running away, stressed, or injured because they just are trying to do what they can. You also want to stay away from mammals. Dolphins, seals are two of the big ones, but also if you bump into Cthulhu, you should probably avoid him too. Mammals tend to be prey for sharks, and Cthulhu is not prey for sharks, but he's probably really creepy and should just be avoided anyway. But if seals are definitely a big one, if a shark is hunting that seal and you're over there thinking they're cute and they want to be pet and you try to squeeze them and the shark goes to bite it, well, now it's going to get you instead, and that's not very great. So it's best to just watch them from a distance, same with any animal that you see in nature. You don't want to dive when sharks are actively hunting. Sharks are crepuscular animals, meaning that they hunt around dawn and dusk, which I could have just said they hunt at dawn and dusk, but crepuscular is a more fun word to say. So just go diving at noon, you know, right in the middle. But any time outside of dawn or dusk during the day will be perfect. Diving at night tends to be riskier, just because some sharks tend to hunt at night, and low visibility makes it more vulnerable to you because you won't be able to see quite as well. You should also know which sharks you're about to dive with, or at least be with a guy that knows the sharks as well. Uh, some sharks are going to act rather chill around you, such as whale sharks. They won't give a single bother if you're nearby. But oceanic white tips, they tend to be more aggressive towards humans, and they could bite you pretty quickly. Tiger sharks get aggressive if they feel threatened, and makos tend to be timid around humans. So every shark's going to act a little different, and individuals may act different from other individuals as well. You want to know the location where you're diving, or have a guide who's familiar with the area. You'll want to keep your back to a reef as well, so that way nothing can surprise you from behind. Some sharks like to be ambushed predators and also be opportunistic, so the second you take your eye off of them, they tend to get closer because that way they well, they know you can't do anything to, the, to them if you're facing away from them. Tiger sharks do this, and lemon sharks tend to get territorial of divers if other sharks get too close to them. It's kind of adorable. Uh, there was a program on Shark Week that had a diver turn his back to sharks. Uh, hammerhead, I believe it was, and two lemon sharks dove in between that hammerhead and the diver uh, as it got closer, which was kind of neat because lemon sharks kind of have our back, which is awesome. 
you want to avoid flashing lights. Now, flashing lights are going to be very similar to what the fish scale issue would be. And flashing uh, flashlights are fine uh, to see things in darker areas, but having like a strobe light with you wouldn't be really great. So just don't have an underwater rave. It's not the best idea. Also, you want to know when to call it. If you're getting anxious or nervous and the sharks are picking up on that, just call the dive done. Head back to the boat with your group and try again another time. There's no shame in making a safe call as the sharks pick up on nerves, and if they're taking interest in you, you're going to get more anxious. So just calmly get to the boat and out of the water. Of course, you can try again a little later or at another later date. But always watch each other's backs as well. You don't have eyes in the back of your head and neither do your dive partners. So keep an eye out for them. Make sure that nothing is sneaking up on them and make sure that they're watching you too. Everyone can get distracted once in a while, but make sure you guys are watching the horizon. You don't, or I guess underwater is not a horizon, but watching all around you would work. But making sure that no sharks are sneaking up on you, nothing else is sneaking up on you. Not only sharks would want to bite you, sometimes other fish will as well. You also want to pay attention to your body positioning. Now this one is pretty big. Typically while you're diving, you want to be horizontal. Swimming works best when you are laying down, swimming straight. But when a shark's being more aggressive and trying to figure out what you are, when you go straight up and down vertical, it gets a little bit more confusing for them. So they don't really know exactly what to make you at that point. And they're going to try to keep a little bit of distance because they don't see too many things in the water that look like that. Most things are going to be horizontal, so kind of like a swimming motion. Most fish tend to swim that way. And not many are big and, and tall rather than being wide, if that makes sense. Now, you also want to make sure that you are watching for sharks' behaviors, any signs of aggression that might determine uh, when you are done diving. <clears throat> if the shark is acting very aggressive towards you, there's really no point to keep hanging out there. Sharks, are you're in their home. They're going to be able to navigate that like the back of their hand. Well, back of your hand, I should say. They have fins. Back of their fin. There we go. But sharks know this area very well. They know how to move through the water. They know how to investigate things and how to get closer and how to get and hunt things. They're apex predators. It's what they do. So if a shark is exhibiting aggressive and dangerous behaviors towards you, you want to you get out of the water. That's all you want to do. Just get away safely, make sure everyone gets out safe, and make sure that everyone is watching each other's backs while it's happening. You are in their home. You got to respect their home. Respect the fish around you as well. Don't start just grabbing stuff, making a mess, screaming all around the whole nine yards. You want to take it nice and easy, calm, respect the area around you, respect the ocean. They'll usually respect you back. Another thing to mention is just making sure you're staying calm. Sharks do tend to pick up on that anxiety, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. And those electrosensors that they have, which I believe I've uh, said incorrectly in the past, they're actually called ampullae of Lorenzini. I used to say Lorenzi. Lorenzini, I was missing an eye in there. So Lorenzini is what they're called. They're what can pick up on your picked up heart rate, on everything like that, and they'll be able to sense if you are freaking out, having a panic attack, everything like that. So if you are absolutely losing it, it's not a bad idea to just call it and end it right there and then figure out what you're going to do in the future. But that is what I had for the shark safety part of this episode. Of course, once again, if you guys do want more information, you can check out that website or you can also reach out to me and I will try to give you information to the best of my ability or see if I can't find it for you elsewhere. Now, the next one that we have is Shark News. Now, this one, first of all, we've got one out of New York City. So this one is that drones to monitor all New York City beaches for sharks starting this weekend in wake of Rockway attack. 
I, for one, am getting kind of annoyed with how long some of these news articles are. Like, you, you gave the entire surmise of it in one go. I mean, I guess you have to, but you could just say, like, drones to modern New York City beaches starting this weekend. And then I'd be like, why? But they're like, no, because of this, that, but, but. anyway, let me get to it. <laughs> so the New York City Fire and Police Departments will be monitoring New York City beaches with drones to search for sharks in the water from 9 a.m. till dusk every day. This comes after a woman was bit down to the femur while swimming in the water. Now, two lifeguards were luckily able to control the bleed, and she was transported to a local hospital where she remains in stable but serious condition, according to the article. Currently, the New York Police Department and Fire Department only have two drones between them, so this could be a little bit of an issue. They also plan to close the beach to swimmers when a shark is spotted, which both makes sense and might result in the beach closing far more often than officials think. The article mentioned that shark bites are low, but that doesn't help those who've already been bit. That's kind of like a little asterisk there to be like, oh yeah, well, it's a low chance it happens, but people do still get bit, so sometimes you unfortunately win the shark bite lottery. Here's where I'm conflicted, though. I like that they aren't out here trying to kill all the sharks, and New York in the past has been really good about trying to be friendly to sharks and to the ocean. They did, uh, a few years back, try to create artificial reefs using out-of-commission subway cars, so they just kind of threw them into the waters there after they had been decommissioned and safe to put in there, and the idea was that it'd be the same as a shipwreck, how many sharks and other animals move into shipwrecks after they have sunk and been on the bottom for a while. But here, they tried to do that. Unfortunately, the cars collapsed to the pressure, but I do like the effort there. And they also have created protections for sharks in the past, so they definitely are trying here. But sharks often hang out close to shore and don't really bother anybody. Uh, if anyone saw the recent video that I posted on my Instagram story, it showed you that typically people are just hanging out on the beach and then just past the waves, there's sharks swimming around doing their thing. They don't tend to come into people because they don't like all the noise and everything. What they like is fish not humans. So they're going to be around there, and this might end up closing the beach a lot more often than people think. But this one's also better safe than sorry, so I'm not going to be one to say, well, leave the beach open, because of course, if people aren't in the water, you can't get bit. It's what I said in a couple past episodes, and it still is the safest way to not get bit by a shark, is just don't be in the water. But this one makes, it's, it's kind of a wash for me, because uh, it makes me both concerned, but also I'm glad that this is the route they're taking versus much more drastic measures. So I will take this if we need to, but, you know, that's what we're going to do. Uh, now, this one is uh, also a neat one. So this one is that scientists are fascinated by a rare whale shark sighting off northwest Florida's coast. And this is by Ware News. This one I sort of tailored the search a little bit more because I haven't seen or heard about whale sharks in a minute and I love them, so I want to hear more about them in good ways. I don't want to hear that they're dying and stuff. That'll make me sad. But these guys, uh, they're hanging out in the Gulf of Mexico and typically stay further south. Uh, for those of you that don't know, whale sharks, we did those in episode four, I believe. They are the biggest of the sharks. And typically, you'll not see that many up in the... Uh, panhandle of florida but about 10 whale sharks have made their way up to pensacola which is very up uh north of well north in florida i should say north of the gulf and it's right next to alabama now it's pretty nuts because it's wild to see one whale shark up there let alone 10 now shark scientists believe that the DeSoto canyon is the reason why the whale sharks are to be so high up there as they have been moon jelly sightings and manta ray sightings, meaning that there could be rich nutrients coming from the canyon as well as an upflow of cooler water. 
Now, all those sharks were tagged and named, although that information was not provided. So I do not know any of their names, which is disappointing. And I'd like to think that one is named Wallace. Wallace the whale shark. Great name. Now, one thing to mention before going on to the next story is that because these sharks are endangered, harassing them, which I put in quotes, is illegal in any way. Uh, so this means that touching, throwing anything, uh, even if you're just trying to be nice and give it a little gentle head pat, it's also not allowed. Uh, as I learned when I snorkeled with whale sharks is that the oils on your hands can sometimes also cause infection on the shark and things like that. So even though you're trying to be nice and be gentle with it, it could cause it to get injured, which is not what we're trying to do. But the last news story that I have for us is that an incredibly rare sighting as six-foot-long shark lurks in British Harbor, shocking locals, and that is by the Daily Star, which also, fun fact, when I copy and pasted that title, uh, my Microsoft Word did not pick up on the British spelling of harbor and currently says that's wrong, which is kind of funny. But a blue shark decided to show up in Cornwall, which is not typically where they are found, and a local was watching boats come into Newland Harbor when he noticed the shark. He noted that he'd seen dolphins, fish, even deer swimming in the harbor before, but he hadn't seen a shark until now. Blue sharks tend to be open ocean fish, but they could be moving closer to shore for a variety of reasons. Hunting for food is a big one, but another one could be simply global warming as oceans warm up, forces sharks that were once not found in colder areas to move to those cooler waters, thus also pushing them closer to the shores. So very similar to what we talked about a couple seconds ago in the whale sharks. They're moving up north get a little bit cooler that water helps get the nutrients there but that is what i have for this episode so thank you all so much for listening it was a fun one to work on uh you guys can follow the social media on instagram at deep dives with sharks twitter deep dive sharks run polls there and things like that you can send any comments questions anything like that and feel free to give us a rating on apple spotify share it with friends and feel free to respond to the survey at the end asking if there's any other sharks you want us to work on and i'll see you guys in the next one take care